0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Cadaver Lab Podcast. I'm Mike.
1: I'm
2: Jeff.
0: Hey, I'm Paul.
2: And I'm Sam.
0: Well, we're all back from vacation. We took a week off because uh, there were a couple of folks here that needed to uh, go do something else. What's more important than this, Let it all
2: hang out, baby.
0: (laughs) Weren't you at a scout
2: camp? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was at scout camp, so I did not let it all hang out. And you let it all hang out You know what? I did see a miracle up at scout camp, though. This one kid called his shot. Did not use the restroom for a week. Holy crap. Wow. I did, at the, the last day goes, hey, Mr. Jackets, um, you know those onion rings I had on Monday? Yeah, they're still right here. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> Call that vacation, bud.
0: Nice. It's gross. Well, and of course, Jeff just got off his cruise. We yep. yeah, don't hate you butt. anymore. Nice.
2: Anyhow. Hey, so- is anybody watching the Olympics? I'm watching the Olympics. You know what? I'm giving a shout out now that we're rich and famous from this podcast, right? Can anybody, whoever knows how to make those padded bras for people, will you please give those and make something to hand out to the to the men's uh, gymnastics team? I'm tired of seeing their purple helmet through their their unitard. (laughs) You can see it every single time they go there. It just ruins it for me. I'm like, can't you eat They have inventions for that. There's a padded bra to hide stuff. So you must. Make it for, for them. So if anybody knows how to do that, please email us or email the, the U.S. Olympic team and tell them to, to mix that in. So that's Sam in his uh,
0: patriotic note for the day.
3: The thing about the Olympics is you just can't turn it off, you, it must stay on. It's all always the time. on. Yep. It's boring. Yep.
0: <laughs> but, anyways, except for the, the basketball team. Well, that's boring, too. They're dominating. Anyways, let's get into the show. A couple of things from last time. It has been a couple of weeks, and I've been feeling bad because there's a couple of corrections that I need to make from uh, last episode, really? which was the John Carpenter, yes. First of all, I said that um, Stephen King wrote In the Mouth of Madness, which he did not. I think it was a guy named Michael De Luca who actually did. The funny thing is, is I realized after I said it, but before I edited the show, that I was wrong. And I figured I'll just edit it out, and apparently it made it out on the show. (laughs) Oh, that's not good. Uh, Brian from the Drunken Zombie podcast uh, brought that to my attention, and, you know,
2: there goes my credibility. Hey, we're not above making mistakes and then admitting to them, so.
0: Yeah. Since that's the case, I made another one. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) great. Actually, the... um, when we were talking about John Carpenter's vampires and I was confused on, you know, we had, they had the second one, which was the John Bon Jovi, uh, Los Muertos. And then they, and I couldn't remember. I, they, I thought they had a third, but then I said they didn't have a third and that was the Dracula 2000. Well, I looked at it again. And it, it is actually for vampires. It's, it's number three. I think it's loosely. Oops. I think it's loosely, uh, kind of related. There's a three pack. So Dracula 2000 is actually the, the third one. No, no, no. Vampires the Turning that I said that at first I thought was part of the John Carpenter Vampire set was actually, and and then I changed my mind. I said it was the Dracula 2000. Well, I'm wrong. It's actually, I was right the first time. Okay. So, yeah, anyway. um, On the site, if you uh, go to the site, you'll notice that uh, you can actually purchase these uh, fine... Products. That's actually how I found out whether I was wrong, because There's a three, <laughs> there's a three pack. Great. With vampires, vampires <laughs> los muertos, and vampires the turning. And that's act- actually how I, I uh, learned that one. Not embarrassing.
3: Just a little bit. All right, moving
0: on. A couple of other things. We got some audio feedback from uh, our good friend at the Mail Order Zombie Podcast, which is a great podcast. Uh let's go ahead and play that.
4: Hey, what's up gang? This is Brother D from Mail Order Zombie. How y'all doing? Wanted to call and let you know how much I'm loving the show. There have been a couple of new horror podcasts that have popped up lately and, and you guys got it. You guys got a great show. Something that I'm gonna listen to well until you stop. So I'm a committed listener. Absolutely love what you're doing. Uh you know you I wanted to comment on the most recent episode, the John Carpenter episode. Prince of darkness one of my favorite horror films period definitely my favorite John carpenter film I've got the original one sheet for it framed around here somewhere at moZ central absolutely love that movie I even <laughs> uh, kind of asked my wife for a region free DVD player this past Christmas uh, just so I can get the region two DVD of the movie because the region 2 DVD has a director's commentary which you know I just had to have because I love that film so damn much. Uh, it's not available on the region one release. Ghost of Mars. You know? I've only seen it once. Brent and I went to go see it at the theaters and I don't remember liking it all that much. I remember thinking, well I'm just kind of being underwhelmed. You know, Ice Cube doesn't do much for me. I thought that while it was visually interesting, too many of the uh like the opening sequences like all model CG and just didn't look that good and you know, Pam Greer was kind of wasted in it and just, mm, just didn't like it all that much. But, you know, after listening to your guys' show, I'm going to give it another shot. I'm going to get a hold of Netflix and have them put that into my queue, and uh, I'll watch it again, and maybe maybe I'll like it now. no, know, maybe I just needed some time away. Anyway, you guys rock. I can't wait for the next episode. Keep them coming, baby. Stay loose and stay safe. I'm out.
0: So, yeah, that's Brother D. His uh, podcast wastes ours.
2: Thanks, wow. Brother D. Yeah. That yeah. was uh, Thanks appreciate a so that 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 plug and uh, glad that, that you're gonna go giving uh, the movie another shot.
0: He's uh he's given us some uh a good shout out on his show for us and we've got people to listen to our show because of him. And that's awesome. We appreciate it. Yeah. Also, uh don't still uh don't be don't expect too much out of uh The ghost,
3: the ghost Mars. Mars. I don't, I don't th- think
0: we I don't think we gave it
3: a bone saw, but it it it's was okay. all right.
0: Anyway, so we appreciate that, the voicemail. That was awesome. Oh, and by the way, he wasted us in uh, the Six Degrees last week, or uh, last episode. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. It was actually for the Ghost of Mars. He said that, uh, I can't remember what we did, but we did it through Handsome Rob, and, and then we went through Seth Green. And, and, All uh, right. The, he said Pam Greer was in Escape from L.A., which had Bruce Campbell in it. Whoa. So, yeah, that was a quick one. <laughs> hey, you know what? We, we
2: appreciate it. Yeah, if you can get us there yeah. quicker, we're all for it. Yeah,
0: send them in, let us know. But, but we just promise to do it. That's <laughs> right. We're going to get there in six degrees. Yeah.
2: But, yeah, if you've got a quicker way to get there, let us know.
0: Sometimes we aim for six, exactly. Sometimes <laughs> like not. Like today. Yeah, exactly. Five yeah. <laughs> <I'm> and six today. <laughs> One thing before we move on is that uh, I know we've talked about Keith Latch a lot on the show. And uh, he's worth talking about. I just picked up his book called cemetery things and i've been reading through it and i haven't had a chance to finish it yet it's an awesome book uh there are a couple of small editing issues but in keith actually told me to expect that but but as far as um the story goes and basically it's it's really awesome besides the two little spots but i would definitely go pick it up go to keithlatch.com you can pick it up there keith is such a nice guy he uh talented writer So go over there and and pick that up, definitely. I was hoping to have it finished by the episode, but I didn't have to take enough dumps because I read my books while I'm... Wow. Wow. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, sorry.
5: (laughs)
3: Hey, I wanted to mention uh, um, James over at the Dried Blood podcast. Oh, yeah. uh, On Mike's recommendation, I went and checked it out, and and it, it was very interesting, very good. He was talking about scanners in that episode. Oh, that's awesome. I got into the part where he said there's a spoiler and he actually got me so interested in watching Scanners that I turned it off so I didn't hear the end. So I've am got to go check out Scanners once I get some free time to watch other movies besides the ones we're doing here.
0: It's definitely in the Cadaver <laughs> Lab library. so Just check
2: it out, Paul. Yeah.
0: Great. Speaking of James and Keith, uh, today it's funny because... Uh, uh, James just put out his twenty fifth episode, and I listened to that today. I actually finished uh the new Mel of a zombie today as well i had I, guess I had a lot of time on my hands at work so nice. so James starts off his show you know talking about you know it's the twenty fifth he, he he actually did uh Dawn of the Dead, which was he brought in a friend who was kind of like Paul who didn't have much to had didn't have the history of horror movies, but uh they talked about that you guys did a great job i I have one problem though. When when you put on your audio feedback, Keith was on it, and then I was on it. Keith says his bit, and you know, for it to celebrate the twenty fifth anniversary, he's just got a big, burly, deep, manly voice, and then I get on there <laughs> right after, and I'm like,
5: "Hey, how's it going? Great <laughs> hey, show! I sounded like the
0: biggest pansy <laughs> right after Keith." And yeah, okay, well, thanks a lot, James. Anyway, so. Um, one last thing, I got uh, the chance to head out and see Mirrors this weekend. Thumbs up, thumbs down. It, it was kind of thumbs in the middle. Really? <laughs>
3: thumbs up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it was,
0: it was not that great. It wasn't terrible. Uh, wait for it on to, to rent, is what I would Any, say. Uh, This is Jack Bauer. No, he did not say Jack Bauer. There was one sweet part, and this is a spoiler, well, it's kind of a spoiler. Go go to cadaverlab dot com. I put on a put on a little story about my review, my full review of, of the movie itself. But there's a picture on there where uh, what's her name, Amy Smart, her death scene. That was a spoiler. She dies. It was awesome. The, the it was pretty good. The huh?
2: aftermath it was it was wicked. Did Kiefer take a leak? He didn't. Didn't in that movie either. He, Gosh, yeah, wow. He never takes. He's got a bladder of steel.
0: However, he is in the bathroom a lot. <laughs> is he? Yeah, but I never saw him take a leak. Oh. Yeah. He probably's probably dead.
2: Yeah. All right.
0: Okay. Well, should we get started with the movies? Let's oh. do it. We've decided to talk about one of the greatest rivalries of all time. We have Devil versus Priest. <laughs> oh, you know? Okay. All
1: right. Some people think they're one and the same.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, that's that's a discussion for a later episode <laughs> or good. not at all. <laughs> but so today we're, we chose three movies to talk about. You're probably thinking. The, the major ones in this would be maybe The Omens and The Exorcist and, you know, some other like that. We tried to find a couple that maybe people hadn't seen, so we chose The Unholy from 1988. We chose To the Devil a Daughter, which we'll be talking about, in, from 1976. And then we wanted to, I wanted an excuse to watch The Exorcist again, so we're, we're going to do The Exorcist. And, as a side note too, James, in his second part of his uh, episode 25, is going to do The Exorcist, so we have to do really well, or else we're just going to get embarrassed. <laughs> I gotta tell
3: you, I was doing the Exorcist as I began to think about it. I was a little intimidated.
0: Yeah, were we even worthy of that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, I was worried about it. But it, it we'll uh, see it how it goes. <laughs> let's let's do it.
3: Are we gonna do the unholy? Yeah, let's go ahead and do the unholy. Paul, take it away. All right, we the unholy starts. You know, with the we already mentioned the priest and the devil. Father Michael, he's our main protagonist. He's a priest. You learn that the devil's after him in some way or another, right at the beginning he he goes to meet a guy, and it's kind of a suicide type of thing, and they ask the father to convince him to come off the ledge. He sits there and kind of talks to the guy, realizes the guy smokes, and so he starts smoking to get him to come in. This part was kind of funny because I've been walking on a treadmill to get the movies in and mm-hmm. and still accomplish some other things I got to get done and uh This demon jumps out. I almost (laughs) fall off the treadmill. (laughs) He he chucks Father Michael to the ground out of the building through the window.
0: 17 floors or something.
3: Oh, yeah. So, amazingly, miracle happens and Father Michael lives. And so that gets the the attention of everybody. And the—were they Catholic? I assume Catholic. So um, the Archdiocese or whoever, the leadership of the Catholic Church— Assigns Father Michael a new parish, which he had already been told he wasn't going to get for several years. But he gets it, and so he's a little surprised and happy. Come to find out, two other priests, they closed the parish because two other priests had been murdered there. He begins a little investigative work to find out what's going on, and and just kind of that brings you into the rest of the story, I guess.
0: This this movie came out in 1988, and... I was probably about 12 when, when it came out. I probably didn't see it until I was 13 or 14 when it came to uh, VHS. And uh, the most memorable scene for me was the opening scene where... I can't remember the father's name uh, or the, the Father priest. Father Dennis. At the, the very beginning? Yeah, Father okay. Dennis. Basically, this it's a story of a demon named Desiderius. Yeah, I put in the uh, accent for effect. Did it work? No? Yeah, anyway. I, I didn't understand it, so uh, it worked great. Uh, <laughs> and... The, the demon basically could come to the earth for three days between Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday and uh try to tempt a priest or a virgin and uh kill this person the the priest or the virgin in the act of sinning so that they'd go straight to hell well the first the first scene you see this this big red haired lady like totally
2: scary looking do you
0: guys Guys, was she no. hot to you, or was she scary She, she wasn't hot.
2: She was like 80s-year-old trash.
0: Well, yeah, she looked like she could waste me. But anyway, she got this big, big, flowing red hair, and as a side note, the carpet did not match the drapes. No, no. But it uh, comes out and starts making out with Father Dennis and then, um, in the, a
2: see-through purple yeah. silk, yeah. silky thing.
0: And so since he had fallen to the temptation, of course, she, uh, he gets his neck ripped out. That's the opening scene? Did I yeah. see this Yeah, that is movie? the opening scene. I don't that's know. That's the opening <laughs> scene. Wow. That, that, that's like the first three or four minutes, and then and then it goes right into the part where Father Michael... Uh, he right. shows
2: up on the death scene of, like, they're right. investigating it, and it says three years later. Right. And then he, that's, oh, when, like, that's when it goes into what that. Paul was talking about.
3: Scared me right off the treadmill. I mean, <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs>
0: That was, um, okay, so let's, let's talk a little bit about the characters. The demon. Well, oh, do, do we need to
2: go into a little bit more detail, though? Yeah, sure, go ahead. So what happens is there's an investigation that goes on, and it leads Father Michael to um, this, this runaway that works in this S&M club. And so he kind of gets intertwined with that going on and um, has to end up saving her. But in the meantime, you're introduced to, to a character named Luke. Uh, I think he was played by Billy Idol. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, uh, Curly <laughs> hair Billy yeah. Idol. And I have to say, along that note, too, that Mike Shanahan played an awesome priest. I thought he was fantastic <laughs> as Father Michael. But anyway, so it goes throughout this whole thing of, of uh, you know, is this real? Is it not? Um, Father Michael doesn't believe in the devil, he does. And then there's a big climax at the end. So just, just to give a little bit more, because if we're going to talk about characters, I just want to get to Luke, and uh, sure. her name's Millie. It yeah, was played merely. by, I think it was a 45-year-old somebody. Playing in 19? Jeez. She, was <laughs> nice. she said she was 19 in that movie. I don't believe it.
0: Yeah, so the demon, which was the redhead, it was named Nicole Fortier. Father Michael was played by Ben Cross. Lieutenant Stern, who was actually the the policeman who was trying to find the the other two priests' killer, uh, was played by Ned Beatty, none other than the squealed like a piggy boy That's right. in Deliverance. Uh, and then Millie was named Jill Carroll. Luke was William Russ, and I haven't really seen any of these people besides
2: besides Ned Beatty. So I mean, I didn't I didn't recognize. I thought I recognized that guy that played Luke. He says his name's William Russ. Oh yeah, but I didn't ever go look up to see what else he's in. Yeah, I I. Didn't he mean... kind of looked like the bad Sensei and Karate Kid a little bit, but... except for platinum blonde hair. Yeah, and... <laughs> which did not match. I'm sure his carpet didn't match his drapes either. That's. <laughs> Too bad, too
0: bad that that's only, we only think that. We don't know that for sure. <laughs> first of all, we were conf- conflicted here at the Cadaver Lab Podcast. Some of us liked it. Some of us didn't. Sam, go ahead and give us your opinion on it.
2: You know, I, I really didn't like the movie. Um, I just, and maybe the problem was I, I watched The Exorcist first, which is rated one of the most scariest movies in the world mm. or, of all time. But I just never got into film like it was scary. I kind of felt like the music was cheap. Played on a synthesizer. I didn't, you know, the characters. I didn't. I didn't really care for the characters. I mean, they just. They really didn't. They really didn't capture my "I care for you" type thing. And so the the story goes on, and I'm just kind of watching like, this is not scary at all. Is it real? Is it not? You know, what's there's this demon at the first of the show, and then nothing happens until the end. Um, So you know, but but then you know, towards the last, you know, last 15 minutes of the movie, I. I kind of felt like it, it kind of redeemed itself a little bit, but in the meantime, I, I just I didn't like it very much.
0: So what did you think, Jeff?
2: I think I totally disagree with Sam. Let's first start that off.
1: Um, one thing I noticed about this movie is first you had to cut out a lot of slack because it was so old. You know, the synthesized music and all that kind of stuff. I mean, give it a break. Yeah, It's not going to compare it to the nowadays movies, but I guess you compare it to Exorcist. One thing I really enjoyed that you don't see in the movies nowadays is it actually developed a, a plot line and a story and character development. A lot of movies you see nowadays just go right into the slashing, the killing, all that kind of stuff. And it was nice for a change for me. maybe I'm giving it too much credit because it's been so long since I'd seen a movie that actually did that. No, so.
0: I, I'm, more, I'm leaning towards your side a little bit more. I mean, I mean, I know I've mentioned this before, but I'm a big horror movie fan, so I cut it a lot of slack. You know, maybe too much at some, at some points. Just as a side note, speaking of movies that I'll probably have to grant a lot of slack to. They so just got the ginger dead man in my Netflix today awesome. or yesterday. So, yeah, we'll look forward to that. Anyhow, getting back to the unholy, I like this movie. I thought it was, I mean, yeah, it was dated. It was totally 80s. It was, you know, there was a lot of good atmosphere. The, the story was good. Uh, and also, I really like kind of religious type stories. because I don't know why, but they're a little bit extra scary to me just because uh, of all the, the uh, mythology that, you know that goes on behind it, and this and this was good. I mean, you had you had the one demon, and you had the demon's backstory. Uh, it didn't hurt that she was a fiery dominatrix, but uh, uh, no, I I did like the movie, and also it, it was a little cheesy though. I mean, we we you, ta- you mentioned Luke. This guy was kind of a kind of a chump. He, uh, he walks
2: around in a black banana hammock the whole time. Well, yeah, I
0: mean, he's <laughs> what he does. He runs like this uh, this satanic club where they go and do faux satanic rituals. And by the way, he gets a kick in the balls for wearing nothing but a banana hammock as yeah, he's performing <laughs> these uh, <laughs> pseudo satanic rituals. Yeah. He's well, he's just kind of a joke, and he explains it. It's all for money, and yeah, he's you know, made which is his money from
3: demonism and stuff, and kind of put on a Hollywood show for them. Yeah,
0: but the thing is, is I mean, you can't get him for that. I mean, I mean, if he were a real guy, there are plenty of people out there doing stuff for a buck. Look,
2: I, I guess I guess where you know Jeff talks about character development, I, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, they brought in this uh, this lady at the end, this black lady with blonde hair.
3: Yeah, yeah. I had no idea where she came oh, from. Oh, you right. see here at
2: the beginning; he passes her, and the right, father might pass her, and then. This Luke guy goes to her and she screams at the book. I have no idea why he went to her. That's I have true. no idea where she came from. no right. idea: what I her think the idea was, in the movie. was
0: that she was some kind of a psychic, and uh, the, but you're right, the only hint that we, we got from that was sometime earlier in the movie, she gave Father Michael a weird look.:
2: That's right. Oh. I, at the s and M Club. Yeah, oh, I have, oh, that, yeah. I, at the Satanic Club. I, and so that, you know, I have no idea what Father Michael's background is. Right.: I mean, he falls out of the 17-story window and then he gets his parish, but you know, I don't know anything about him. The only character that I knew a little bit about her past was Millie. She talked I, about her yeah. father trying to take advantage of her. That's really the only, the, the only one that I, I really felt as far as character development goes. I, I really didn't. Well,
0: remember. but I, even though you don't know his backstory, it doesn't mean that you didn't get to know him because I mean, you, here was like you saw a guy coming in who's going to work hard, who stuck to his what he believed in. Mm-hmm. I mean, you went in and uh, I mean, he wasn't afraid. Which one thing that was uh, a side note that was weird to me is I didn't. It was weird to hear that the Catholic. Priest doesn 't believe in the devil and you know didn't believe in all that, but i mean i I don't want to go too much into their actual theology, uh, but that was a little bit strange to me but yeah. i mean here's a guy who comes in cleans up the the church he you know makes a place for all the people to come in and worship you know he does it seemingly for the right reasons you know yeah so
3: and, and I think i mean that's all i needed all yeah. i i the only character I liked was Father Michael yeah. all the others i mean all of them were pretty much worthless mm-hmm. and and you really didn't care about it. I, even Millie, she gives all this, whatever, she, was, and she goes crazy, uh, but I was, yeah, she was really annoying yeah. and, and stuff. And Luke, the part about Luke that I didn't like was they seem to throw in that scene where he's confessing to the father and mm-hmm. trying to get him to come over to his house and watch him while he sleeps. Mm-hmm. This, they seemed to throw that in just to have a scary scene because, they don't explain it immediately after, totally change of heart, and he has no right. interest in the priest. And- well,
2: and the other thing, when would when would a priest ever do that? I mean, I know that we're talking about things. When really, would a priest go watch when, a when boy sleep? When would a priest sleep? go watch some <laughs> S&M guy sleep <laughs> wow. in his black leather <laughs> yeah. thong thing, you know, just to go sit in his room with him just because he asks. This guy yeah, doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. He, he definitely gets
0: the ball kick of the movie yeah. without a doubt. Right. I don't think there's – I you know I do like this movie but I don't love it you know
3: yeah I liked it as in a non movie non horror movie buff uh, you know it, it was entertaining and it was one of my let's say The Exorcist was my favorite of the week yeah. but uh, and it's kind of hard to beat but, well, in but when, I did enjoy it second okay? when
2: I did see you know I, I was looking for the credits but I didn't see credited. Um, the gatekeeper and the keymaster from uh, from uh, the Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters there at the end because uh, well,
0: that character was you, in there again. Do you want? Let's talk about the final scene now. We, With the we we're gonna stuff. Have, we're <laughs> we're gonna have to spoil it a little, little because. People. Oh, thank you, thanks, yes, thank you. Because uh, the the last scene is just so funny, and uh, I mean, Sam said it redeemed the movie, but to me, it was to me the whole movie was fine. And then you get this in NC, and then it was well, it I, was laughable. I,
2: I thought, you know, I should say it redeemed a little bit, just because then you're starting to see some some violence, which is right. what I was expecting the whole time. Because you've got Luke hanging upside down with his guts hanging out, right? All you've right. got the other guy that goes and throws up blood spectacularly, right? Which right. I thought was good. And I'm like, okay, this is getting good. And then all of a sudden, the Oompa Loompas jump out. <laughs> I'm like, what? So, what the hell is going on? So
0: what happens is is apparently when when Desiderius comes out. And if if she tries to seduce you or to tempt you, and you don't uh, fall victim to the temptation, you'll see its real face. And which you know, I was thinking, okay, this, sweet, I cannot wait till we see the real face. Well, well, she. <laughs> the final scene, she goes and tempts Father Michael. And all of a sudden two like skeleton scaly midgets jump out. They weren't
2: skeletons. Well what were they? They were they were totally fat. Oh well. they were little people jumping around singing oompa loompa doompity doo (laughs) on my soundtrack. And uh, and and these things jump out and are holding them back and they're making them swallow stuff and I just I'm thinking what the heck and then to (laughs) cap it all off you've got the gatekeeper cruising around the boobs did you see the boobs scraping on the ground i, I like an old lady it. oh dude
3: well let, you didn't see it the, i don't remember the boobs oh. scraping the ground oh, the oh, demon horrible. dog thing had boobs yeah. scraping yeah this. well yeah. and let's talk it about could the barely walk yeah, yeah i know it, could barely it stand was waddling <laughs> it was like on the <laughs> stick i don't it's think, like think you
0: could walk away from this thing and it would never catch <laughs> yeah. you no,
3: right
2: no. everybody's waiting for it and
3: except you're like five for father michael you was, can't oh, get yeah. away. <laughs> it,
0: well, it apparently it catches up to Father Michael because it starts licking the insides
2: <laughs> of his legs and stuff like that, and it flashed right. from that to the to the you know. Red and I Heaven was Lady. impressed with the movements of the tongue. I'm like, man, you know what? They actually did pretty good <laughs> uh, mechanics on that. Why couldn't they do that with the rest of that thing? <laughs>
0: well, that that's a great question, but unfortunately. That's the best they could come you up know, with. You know,
2: I think it's interesting that you get, you know, we talk about what we liked about the movie, what we didn't. And I'm like, that's the most redeeming part of the whole thing. And that's the part you guys hated. Well, because I, I was
0: actually into it the whole time. And then the final battle comes out. Then all of a sudden you got, like, like the rubber monster extravaganza jumping out. Oh, and right. by the way, one of the midgets gets blown up. I yeah, that was classic. Yeah, that and was it's funny,
2: it. but... He just it, stands there for a second. Then all of a sudden, boom! stop photography, boom.
0: So anyway... I mean, that's basically that movie. I will admit, though, that, that uh, I have the VHS over there, and I watched the VHS instead of the, the DVDs because the VHS was the unrated version. And let's just say that a couple of the scenes, namely the first scene, was a little more graphic with that. Um, oh, really? So, anything else about The Unholy?
2: We've got the Six Degrees, and uh, oh, who yeah. else said that on there? Oh, let's hear it. Yeah. So, let's see. We've got Six Degrees. Yeah. We've got Ned Beatty. Who was in Deliverance with Burt Reynolds, uh, who was in Without a Paddle with Seth Green, who was in Austin Powers 3 with Tom Cruise, who was in Interview with the Vampire with Kirsten Dunst, who was in Spider-Man with Bruce Campbell. So that's, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. That's five Wow, degrees. that was close. That was close. And I've got a who else said that. Um, let's see, Father, please make love to me. Was the quote on that. <laughs> I looked that up and uh, Soon you said that to Woody Allen. Nice. Yeah. Good, good old-fashioned Woody Allen joke there.
0: I've got a half of one. Oh, what is it? I, Luke said it. and I, I I have the quote. I don't have who said that, but maybe we can come up with okay, one like spontaneously. It. Luke said for some, uh, I can't remember the scene or whatever, but uh, he said, all that bitch needs is a broom. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can think of a lot of people that would who, who said that.
2: Yeah.
0: So... Uh, Go ahead. H- hit me.
1: That was actually Ellen DeGeneres to Portia DeRossi. I
0: like it. There you go. <laughs> oh, there you go. You That's Google good. that That's real quick, right? That's as good, as, quick, any. Right? That's as, that good as any. That might be a
1: little dirtier than the show needs. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I had one. Uh, you know,
0: I, I didn't think about it that way until you just said that. Thank you for cheapening the, <laughs> You're the show. Paul's got
3: one, too. I uh, Yeah, I was, I was on Google typing in some of the quotes that were said, and uh, – can't remember who said it in the movie, but he says, Your Excellency, where am I? And when I plug that into Google, that's actually what George Bush said to Vlad at, at the Olympics in the opening <laughs> ceremonies.
6: <laughs> I
3: remember seeing that. I remember actually seeing them say that. All right. That's what they're talking about.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: that, the big mystery solved, everybody. Uh, let's see. I have a couple last notes on that one real quick. Let me just mention a couple of things. I could not find out how much the budget was for that, but it did grow $6.3 million, almost oh, $6.4 really? million. Uh, Directed by Camilo Villa, uh, writers Philip Jordan and Fernan- Fernando Fonseca. Anyways, that's nice and wrapped up. So, does <laughs> it do
2: any of you guys give it a bone saw No. Or... Okay, yeah. good.
0: No. I, like I said, I liked it. I would not... It's cheesy. The final scene, your favorite scene. <laughs> kind, oh, of,
3: kind of made me lose it. I also had in my notes about that, that I think Father Michael put peanut butter on his junk, and that's how he got the <laughs> demon dog to go down there. <laughs> and peanut butter on your junk seems so you to work every time.
2: All right. Well, there was all, there was, it was scary. I thought there was going to be a junk alert there. They threw back the uh, oh the covers and he had a snake. He had a snake speedo going. A, a snake speedo. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, the snake speedo.
3: yeah I, I would never do that. Uh, you know that can't be the worst way to go. It's Demon snake. dog BJ oh. can't be the oh. worst way to go. A <laughs> uh, BJ from the Paul's gate like, from the Paul's like, I've done from that key anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the key <laughs> I didn't know that's what you're talking about, but. Uh. <laughs> All right, let's move on to
0: to The Devil, A Daughter, which is, uh, which came out in 1976. Uh, right now, its IMDb rating is 5.5, 5, directed by Peter Sykes. It was written by Dennis Wheatley, who actually wrote the novel. Basically, this is um, a Christopher Lee Hammer horror flick. It was actually the last Hammer horror flick. I'm a big fan of the Hammer movies. I mean, you guys haven't seen a lot of them, have you? Uh, you know, Hammer has... Maybe 150 horror movies where, you know, it was a lot of the classic horror movies like Dracula, Frankenstein, The Mummy. Uh, you know, kind of all done in their in their style. Christopher Lee was, both he and Peter Cushing were staples of these movies, of uh, the Hammer films. And he was in this one. This was actually the last Hammer film. Unless you include, there, there actually just came out a new Hammer. They call themselves Hammer. They're out of UK. They put out a movie called... Beyond the Rave, which came out this year, that is just a pile. So we're going to... I'd rather think about the Hammer Horror Flicks of just the older ones, and they also had a TV series and whatnot. Well, let's give a quick synopsis on it. Basically, Christopher uh, Lee is an excommunicated priest, and he was excommunicated because of heresy because he believes in a god named Astaroth, which apparently is the devil. You know, kind of has the same type of uh you know worship yourself type of thing kind of the same uh satanic this priest goes out and makes a new finds new followers uh he ends up finding a woman who gives birth to a baby and baby gets uh baptized in her mother's blood and then what she has to do is wait till she turns 18 and then she becomes the Vessel of Astaroth, basically a,
3: raised like an orphan with the right. by the church as a nun mm-hmm. and
0: stuff. In complete seclusion, she's she's sheltered from the world till she turns eighteen, and then uh, the story kind of picks up where Father Michael, another Father Michael, who is Christopher Lee, goes and picks her up close to her eighteenth birthday, and is planning on preparing her for uh, the ritual that will actually make her the vessel of Astaroth. What happens is. This father, the father of the girl, close to her 18th birthday, find, you know starts regretting what he's done. And he knows what's about to happen to his daughter. So he goes and searches out an American author who is an, supposedly knows a lot about the occult. And he asks this author for his help to try to save the girl and uh, you know get her away from these people, obviously. Anyhow, th- the show is basic. The author finds a girl, takes her to her, her, his apartment, and hides her while christopher lee is searching after to put together this ritual anyhow
2: which brings me to a question let's hear it i didn't understand why they let her go in the first place
3: they were moving her yeah so her father was going to pick her up at the thing and then take her to the new place where they were going to do the ritual and instead of her father picking her up the other guy shows up and picks her up in his place so there's just and his father goes into hiding
2: so so Christopher Lee didn't go with her just as a happenstance. He was getting stuff ready back. Right. Okay. So let's let's talk
0: about some of the main characters. Now, the
3: that part is where I woke up because the first part was such a snore that <laughs> I was so bored.
0: Uh, Christopher Lee, like I said, was played Father Michael Rainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catherine, the the girl who was closer eighteenth birthday, was played by Natasha Kinsky, and uh, Richard Widmark played john verney who is the occult novelist
2: and marcus brody played marcus brody uh, i forgot the the father of Catherine.
0: so well what do you guys think about the movie didn't like it (laughs) sam is not (laughs) loving the movie you know i really
2: i maybe i really wish that i wouldn't have watched the exorcist first i was eager to get to that and i think that it really set the tone for the rest of those movies because i was watching it and i just i couldn't get scared
3: you know, what? I, I did the same thing. I watched The Unholy the night before, and then The Exorcist, and then this. And like I said, I, I fell asleep through the first half of the movie, had to go back and rewatch it. And, it, yeah, it just it didn't hold my interest. I, I, I didn't
2: understand it at the beginning. Like I said, maybe I just didn't pay attention, but I, I didn't get why they let her go. And I, I watched this show, and I'm being serious. They were in that apartment
3: for like a half an hour. Right.
2: Yeah, and, and so they let her go and then somebody else called her and, and he went and had cold feet or whatever. I went back and read a synopsis over the internet that kind of helped me understand a little bit more. Maybe I'm just dense. But I just didn't follow what was going on really towards the beginning. I just I never got into it that it was scary. I just, I didn't. Well,
0: that's fair. I mean, it's I think a lot of what this movie relied on wasn't it's, ooh, it's really scary because what we're showing you is... is uh, creepy or you know the visuals are shocking i think what it was and what i liked most about it was the fact that it had this back mythology again right i mean here is here's christopher lee who brings up a new idea to the catholic church of course the catholic church denounces him so he goes and starts the, this new one this whole new set of rituals you know and i i guess he i'm not sure exactly where he um, actually, I do know where
3: he got uh, him in the Book of Astaroth. Yeah,
0: he he went into the Grim War of Astaroth. The Grim War oh, of yeah. Astaroth. He read that in one of the church's libraries. So he put together this new religious sect. You know, started worshiping that way. And that the mythology of that was cool. However, the um, ceremonies that they had were really weird. Like, yeah. Uh, for instance, there was one ceremony where you know the first one I mentioned that the the baby gets. Baptized in the blood of the mother. That was weird. But the one that was really creepy is when it came closer to Catherine's 18th birthday, uh, Father Michael actually went in and had to impregnate a woman. And uh, so they had this whole orgy scene where... Uh, do you guys remember? That? Yeah, I, do, I, I remember was,
3: that. I thought it was going somewhere else totally for the for the rest of the movie, and I was a little disappointed. No, yeah, it was straight porn.
0: Well, yeah, it was. It was fairly. It was really graphic. Uh, apparently, a lot of doggy style. Yeah, they had Catherine up on a an altar, and they were kind, you know, put the statue of Astaroth above her as if to uh, as if they were copulating. Father Michael actually impregnated a woman who, th- that baby would actually become Astaroth, and then, yeah, I, I Which guess, I didn't understand why
2: they needed to do that. I just, I didn't you know get it, man. You know what, there are I mean, some, there are some if, things if, if, that are beyond human understanding. If they would have impregnated mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. with Astaroth, that, that would have been great. Well, she I like, just didn't get why they had to bring that whole 18th
3: birthday, in. I think it's a lot closer to her 15th birthday, they couldn't have impregnated her. No,
2: yeah. I, I don't know, but I don't know why they even brought that other woman in. I just didn't get it. I did not follow that storyline. You know what? Some-
3: you haven't read the Grimoire of Astaroth. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> That's my problem. Read it. If someone
2: has a copy of that, please send it that way. The,
3: <laughs> to me, I think the creepy factor of this movie is the humanity and maybe inhumanity of, of these people. This guy has convinced several people of his power and his, his worth, and then he demonstrates his power through Catherine several times throughout the movie where he can see through her eyes and. And convince her of certain things, and well, yeah. and that's not to
0: mention the fact that he, as part of these rituals, he gets them to kill themselves and kill others. Right. Uh, yeah. I thought
2: that was probably the you know the, the the part where I was like, wow, that that was kind of weird. Was when the lady sat down and started donating her own blood. Yeah. And yeah. she she died doing it, knowing she was going to do it. I mean, yeah. to, you know, that's where I was. That was one part where I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's that's pretty interesting. That's
0: devotion to yeah. a cult.
2: Yeah. Right, I can kind of see that. But I guess the confusion as to the storyline, you know, like I said, if I'm dense and I just didn't get it, then that that's my. Well, was,
0: let's 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 be honest. This isn't a very fast paced movie. Right. That's it's, what I was going to say. It's a
2: slower movie, and I and I've actually
0: seen it. I, uh, yesterday I finished watching it. and It was probably the third or fourth time that I've seen it. So I had a better idea of what was going on, you know, from the beginning. Whereas in this movie. Uh if you watch it straight from the beginning, you don't you're right, you don't know what happens in the first scene where uh, it was I guess it was Father Michael's tribunal before he made or or some kind of a court, being excommunicated. Yeah, excommunication yeah. court. Uh which by the way, a lot of the lines from that were uh dubbed into White Zombies uh what was it, Supercharger Heaven? Really? For, yeah. yeah. Hey, nice. Yeah. Anyway, huh. when I, yeah, when I first saw that part I was like, Sweet, white zombie. Wow. But uh yeah, it, I mean it was slow it was it, I could see how you could be confused by it, uh, especially since there are parts where you want to fall asleep Paul mentioned when they finally found Catherine and John Verney took took her to his apartment that last, she was in the apartment
2: doing nothing for a half an hour not that not that we were
3: they recorded a whole yeah. half an hour of
2: well, <laughs> right. it, watching it, it <laughs> was probably, there's no way you can sleep through this cuz they're screaming throughout the whole like back and forth of of the person having the baby oh, yeah. and her yeah. pretending like she's being um, born, but I think probably the scariest part of the whole show is when Catherine was in the in her bedroom and she started screaming. She looked in the mirror and she saw a bloody tampon. Did you <laughs> see that? That's sc- That was scary stuff. <laughs> it was gross. And it the, started the, talking to her. The, yeah, that was, the, that was
0: horrible. Uh, you know, unfortunately, this movie kind of had the same problem <laughs> as the first one, where the beast itself the the special effects were were just Lacking. Terrible. I mean, this. See, like, apparently it looked like a bloody tampon of sand. To me, it looked like a, a muppet that was dipped in blood. Well, the second <laughs>
2: time you see it, that's what it looked like. But the first time I was watching <laughs> it on my iPod, and I was squinting <laughs> trying to figure out what. I'm like, is that, is that a is bloody that tampon that in the mirror there? I wonder why she's
0: screaming. <laughs> well, yeah, and, but it doesn't get any better.
2: <laughs> no, they, they spend like they go the night, you know, when the, when Astaroth it's is like, going <laughs> to climb in the vessel. You know, oh, they, should gosh. they go back and forth between her like rubbing the head of this puppet. Yeah. And and then and then they show her face and she's licking her lips like she's extremely enjoying it. Yeah. Well, she's going to crawl inside her. And it, it's just <laughs> it was laughable yeah. that that's what they did, you know. No, I
0: know. and I will give that to you for sure that I mean, I can just see the the director showing up, "Okay, where's the demon?" Christopher Lee's like, "Oh shit, it was in my trunk. I drove a different <laughs> car today. I've got this puppet." <laughs> I was going to give it to my granddaughter. We can use it. Oh, jeez. No, I bet. The it, early stages of Kermit the Frog. I think. Exactly. He wow. probably
3: really excited about playing that puppet, too.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the puppet got into some precarious situations. <laughs> Fairly, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe a little suggestive, maybe a lot suggestive. There was no
2: suggestive at all. It was rubbing all over. Yeah, it was so. awful.
0: What's your take, Jeff?
1: Well, I want to remove this part of the conversation for a minute. We'll come back. But (laughs) you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do not watch every horror movie to be scared.
0: Well, I don't either. Horror
1: movies are not always about like leaving the room, not being able to walk up the stairs. You have to run, not you know, not leaving the (laughs) light on in the hallway. Well, and I'm with you. Darker topics. Yeah, the the mythology. That kind of stuff. So, so sure. I mean, you say you guys both said you didn't get scared in the last two, but it's not always about that to me.
0: But uh, I mean, how many movies? How many scary or horror movies actually scare you to the point of, you know, being not being
2: able to turn off the lights or something? And that's not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is a coherent story that's going to hit a chord somewhere to make me think and reflect. Yeah. And so when I say scary, you know, some of those other movies I'm talking about. They may not make me so I can't turn off the lights or whatever, but it, it it strikes a chord where I'm thinking about it after, like, damn it, I hope that doesn't happen to me or somebody around me. And Funny. I just didn't get that. This, it was just, yeah, I didn't I, get
1: it. I guess I can see where you're coming from with that. But I think this movie had the same problem as the last one. Like, I, I liked them both up until the awesome effects happened.
0: Yeah, the effects
2: are like, definitely you know, the,
1: dated. I mean, even the first one, me and my wife were, like, going what? I mean this this was cool. <laughs> yeah. That this the same one. This happened on this one,
2: so. Well, on this I was reading about it and uh, I guess it really got some bad press because of the way it ended. I guess there was a Dracula yeah. movie with Christopher Lee that ended the exact same way, him oh. getting struck by lightning. And I so they felt like this they they felt like this actually did hammer in. What? because, really? because, a because of that. Right at the very end, that's how it's such an anticlimactic. When he's carrying I mean, her
3: away from the circle. No, right. that because it was
0: it was John Verney that that actually carried her away from the circle. Right. Yeah, it, it ends so quickly. There's again, we're going to spoil it. We already have. Sorry about the spoiled non spoiler alert. At The very end, Father Michael puts a blood circle around that's you know around this altar that's supposedly going to protect him from a bunch of demons who are there, but. Father, or excuse me, John Verney, the author, breaks through because he has a rock that he killed one of uh, Father Michael's uh, followers with.
3: Interesting loophole.
0: Yeah, and then he just throws the rock at, at Father Michael,
3: and that's it. That was actually Nolan. That Ryan. Was it. He <laughs> Nolan Ryan <laughs> he
1: came in for one little party. Threw that
0: rock.
3: He came in to clean
0: up. I couldn't believe that
1: throw. That I word. thought the yeah.
3: twist was going to be because. Father, Was it Father Michael, I guess, the bad father? Father Rainer.
2: Time? Yeah, Michael Rainer. Michael Rainer. Okay, yeah. yeah.
3: He had dripped blood on her forehead while he was starting this thing. Right. So I thought they might consider that baptism and the twist was going to be that she actually had the demon whatever inside of her. Yeah. But, no such well, luck. that's the
2: thing. Well, the movie ends and I'm sitting there thinking, well, that Muppet climbed up inside <laughs> her. Yeah. and that never got resolved. And that's how I have no idea. I mean, that's <laughs> how that's actually is how it just
3: die went. and then uh, she finds out later? Well,
2: and... I don't know.
0: I, Paul, I know that you've had a lot of experience sticking dead stuff up your butt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Nothing. <bro. laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry.
2: Wow, that was really vile. So no, so you know what's vile <laughs> is a fifteen-year-old full frontal nudity. Right, and this is
0: something that we have to talk about. This is a. I I remember I bought this DVD probably I can't remember where I bought it from but it was probably out I was just you know shopping doing the of course we go to the horror section of the thing and and right on the front featuring full frontal nudity from Kat, uh, what was her name Natasha Kinski and oh it advertised it? And,
3: oh that's how right they over the top it. wow
0: and you know I wasn't like hiding it from my wife i was like yeah sweet. <laughs> this is this is a Hammer movie I love Hammer she I mean she knows I do so I went and picked it up and I you know. I, I I think I even remember the uh, lady at uh, the the warehouse, I think is probably where I bought it, just giving me this dirty look like, yeah, I'm there with my wife buying this movie. That, anyway, but there's some controversy on her age because mm-hmm. on her IMDb profile, it says she was born in, what, 59? 59, which would put We're, her at 17,
1: no, 16, her 17. Her birthday 24th of January, so...
0: So practically, 17. So practically old enough. But then
2: fifty-nine to seventy-six. Hold on, let me think. That's seventeen, man. Fifty-nine to seventy-six. But wouldn't she have just had a birthday? Yeah, her seventeenth birthday. Fifty-nine to seventy-six. She would have been, been seventeen in January. Oh, so there's no controversy at all. She was
0: well. I mean, who knows what the laws were in? Well, that's what I was going to say. In, it's in a foreign
2: country, but you
0: know. But that's kind of a moot point since. Other sources claim that she wasn't born
2: until 61. Right, which would make her 15. She well, would have turned 15 in January of 76. Yeah. But you got to remember, we don't know when this movie was actually filmed. It was put out in 76. It very right. well could have been made and filmed in 75 with those scenes. Right. So you're talking about someone that was between 14 and 16 years of age, 16 on the outside. Well, we'll say 17 on the outside. Right, who who was uh, coerced into, into doing that?
0: The funny thing is, is I had actually never seen the final scene. I always fall asleep, and I know I say I like this movie, but actually, yesterday was the first day I made it all the way through without falling asleep. Uh, but for those who know me, I cannot stay awake during a movie ever, so it's not really doesn't reflect anything on the movie if I fall asleep during it. Well,
3: let's just say I don't know exactly when the laws were. Yeah. Established for not having underage people in these movies, but it was probably after this time. Oh, I'm sure. But I mean, yeah, it's be. still. But
2: still, what do they call it decency and laws. It, I think is what it's
3: here's is. another thing that kind of bugged me early on in the movie when she's lying in bed and the, the, she's having some sort of connection with the, mm-hmm. the another lady giving birth or something, uh-huh. and they they basically. Kind of, it was kind of blatantly a wet T-shirt show with the mm-hmm. the younger girl, and I, I felt like it, it was a little bit unnecessary or something. Why was she? Well, so if she was, sweaty? if she's really
0: that age, that age, this was completely unnecessary. And the nudity in the end was you did not need. No, I mean it was it was just blatant. All of a sudden, boom.
2: Well, it was her spirit supposedly. So I mean, it didn't even matter because then she's she's really back on the altar fully clothed oh, yeah. just so
3: our listeners know we are not a bunch of guys that don't like nudity but <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but legal stuff yeah, yeah
3: exactly well so that that
2: that raised the controversy. tasteful and like i was saying i was bummed untasteful. because
0: here it is it bummed me out because that's the main that was the main seller on the dvd featuring full firmly and well, what and else were they going to have, the Muppets? Come to find out later that it, was, you know, that it was from a 16-year-old or whatever.
2: Uh, I, I, I from just, a 14- to 17-year-old. You don't even yeah. know which. Anyway. But, well, let me, I need to ask a couple of questions, too, because I don't want to leave this without understanding some stuff, and maybe you guys it. can help me do it. Okay. Um, and I'm not being flippant here. I, I really just wanted to, to kind of point it out. One of the things that, that came up was the pact that they had to go find. Right. And it burned the one guy when he touched it, but and that, it didn't burn Bernie. <laughs> okay, here
0: here's the deal. What what it was is uh, the pact was created when Catherine's mother actually had the uh, had Catherine, and uh, they made a pact that you know that, th- that this child was going to grow up and be the vassal of Astroth. Now the pact, the symbol of the pact, was kind of this moon shaped pendant. Turns out that the dad in the beginning was a little nervous about it, and, and Father Michael told him that if you know if he broke the pact, it would burn him and it would kill him. So what happens is is a different guy, one of John Verney's friends, actually is the one to
3: retrieve the pact. No.
2: What? Yeah. No. The guy yeah. who
3: went with John Verney. He yeah. didn't
2: retrieve it. Yeah he did. No. That's what I'm telling you. What Bernie went and got it. Bernie took it out and then handed it to the guy and that's when he burned up. The guy's like, "No, well,
3: don't, don't take it." And pack then he burned. Up. Takes a little time to warm well, up. I also
0: <laughs> seem to, I also seem to remember that, and, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I seem to remember that that was the guy that actually went in and attempted to break the pack. Maybe it was just. Maybe I was just going for assuming B and, and connecting A to C. Uh okay, squish pause? I got it
2: on my iPod right here.
0: <laughs> All right, so. We actually just took a little break there to uh to resolve this uh controversy about this certain part and basically it's just confusing. what happens is is John verney's friend gets handed the talisman packed by the ghost of catherine's mother and then it disappears and then John Verney goes and takes it out of its hiding place it's the in the altar it. yeah the the real one and then his friend snatches it from him and then he starts on fire so the controversy comes is why didn't john verney when he first grabbed it why didn't he burn and why was it the fight of the friend first of all snatch it and second of all why did he burn and not john
2: the only thing i can think of now that i'm thinking through it is that when the when catherine's father is found out when they're when they're first doing it and, she, and the mom dies her ghost appears and says if you ever reveal the pact then you're gonna burn Right. So the only thing I can think of is that when, the, when they walk into the church and the ghost comes up, that the, the guy actually takes it, and Vernie's like, no, don't take it, because she was actually talking to the dad. Right. And so he, and so he ends up taking it, and then he touches the real thing. So maybe that's so, what happens. Well, it, but, here, but here's
0: the problem. I mean, we, earlier while we were discussing this, we said, well, you haven't read the, the Book of Astaroth, so you don't know what's going on. Well, maybe there are just <laughs> too many of those. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't need to have everything spelled out for me typically, you know. But when there's over and over, you just kind of have to go on faith, you know, that that's it all makes sense. And you know what? And and maybe that's it. Maybe that's why you felt like you didn't understand what was going on as much, just because they expected too much, too many assumptions, or coming up with your own interpretations. And a little bit's okay, I feel like. But if it's too much, then. I mean, you could completely have a different interpretation of the whole thing. You know, I mean, it's... Anyway. Well, it was,
2: it was some of that, some of the unnecessary stuff with, uh, you know, they're, they're reading the book of Astroth and the priest goes up and he finds a bookworm, and he says something to the, yeah, the caretaker. That? He's like, yeah, bookworms, that? huh? Whatever your name is. Right. And I thought that was going to be some significant thing. I kind of waited for the next little bit about, Not like, a, the worms are going to eat away some of the wording of the book or... But it didn't even come back to him. Like, why did they even do that? So yeah. enough cracking on it. Because I'll tell you what, you know, he Christopher say, Lee, quality actor. Right.
0: You know what, and that's and, and that's what sells this movie to me. Is if you're a Christopher Lee fan, you're going to enjoy his performance. Yeah. Because he's he, he was that guy, the only dude in the world that can say f you nicely. You know, yeah. like on the. He's, I mean, he just basically says he, he just you know he's pissed off, but he always keeps his cool and he comes up with these witty just what whatever he's i he's a great actor you know, obviously he's a class he's one of my favorite i got his picture up on my wall a uh, big poster of him in Dracula AD 1972 but uh other than that again it was it's a slow paced i did like some of the mythology but maybe there were too many questions maybe there were too many unanswered questions and you know it, it just kind of got away from me the
2: background it. music sounds like star trek a little bit with uh, the original Star Trek, so watch for that. I think it's the same lady that's, that's moaning over and over. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's that same thing over and over.
0: That actually wasn't Sam. That We had a lady come in to, that's right. to add that for us. Anyways, so do you have anything else to add, Jeff? You're being very quiet today. It looks like Jeff, Jeff's over there on the laptop. He's looking doing some research doing some on research. nudity laws.
1: Researching I, I, I want to know just how big of a perv these three guys were when they watched uh, that last movie. So I've been looking up laws on what is underage and what is allowed, what's not allowed.
0: Well, did you look it up for England?
1: I can't find anything. There's anywhere. international.
0: They said it's right. international
1: well, yeah, decency Yeah, I understand laws. that, but I can't find anything anywhere. Really? Try to t- type nudity in the in the Google search. Oh, can no. I can I type
0: <laughs> it into Google Images?
1: You can. <laughs> no, I've, been, I've been trying some really. Uh, you know, legal film nudity, that kind of stuff yeah. in my searches, and nothing comes up. So, huh.
2: well, nothing. Well, we know about has created it. a controversy.
3: Well, 1976, the middle of the hippie era, free love, free everything. So,
0: I don't know. I wasn't There's around. Got to be that going on. I guess yeah. I, I was you barely around. were. So, anyway, any other any other thoughts on that? I, besides Christopher Lee, in that I, I, you know, I liked it a lot more before we started talking about it than we do now. I'm not feeling as good about it as I did <laughs> yeah. when, I'm we sorry when you picked
3: it. it. So <laughs>
0: well, yeah, and typically how it works here is I'll 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 pick movies that I like, you know? And this is one that I liked enough. Well, and also fit in our... In our um, uh, yeah, we do themes. In our so theme yeah. yeah. without being too blatant. I mean, because if we did The Omen, The Exorcist, and some that famous, everybody's, everybody's heard about those. Right. Everybody's seen those. And maybe we can you know open people's eyes uh, to listen some if, if you
2: really liked to the devil a daughter and you understand the storyline and i'm just way off please let me know because yeah. you know after after spending and investing time and in watching it several times you know if if i'm missing something that would help me understand the movie and appreciate it a little more please let me know
0: yep. all right so as jeff has been uh doing a little bit of research on this he's found a couple of disturbing things
1: <laughs> this guy starts talking out to the devil a daughter And he goes over the controversy. Well, where are you? I'm at mercenaryjournalcom slash reviews slash (laughs) devildaughterreview.htm
2: Dot, I'm a pervert.
1: Anyway, (laughs) I I just kind of skipped to the end. And he's going off on how she's either uh, 15 or 16. Where did I see that? Anyway, he says there's full frontal nudity. And then he says, uh, hold on, it happens at the end. It's quick, but she's a hottie. And with DVD, you have a pause button. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh.
0: You know, know I didn't even crazy. know that till after I watched it this last time. So that that's, totally bums me out. Anyway, let's uh, let's take a
3: <laughs> second and just a moment of silence on how <laughs> bummed out that
0: makes us. Well, actually, I was thinking maybe we should go up to a
2: much lighter topic and a happy topic: The
0: Exorcist. Well, let's do the Six Degrees. Oh
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. First. yeah, oh yeah. Go ahead. So, Six Degrees. Christopher Lee is in Star Wars 2 with Samuel L. Jackson, who's in Pulp Fiction with Ving Rames, who's in Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise, who's in Interview with a Vampire with Kirsten Dunst, who's with Bruce Campbell and. Spider-Man. Spider-Man.
0: Was and you know what, honestly? Can I ask you a question? I'm starting to think that uh, Bruce Campbell is only in one movie. I need to go is branch your... out a
2: little bit and uh, see what else he's in. But well, Or
0: maybe we should try to come up with these before we actually start recording. Yeah, <laughs> that, that may be next time we need to do that. But <laughs> I also did a him. Who
2: Else Said That? And the line is, uh, would you like to take off your headgear? And that's Stephen Hawking's wife asks him that every day. That's not that funny, but... <laughs> Especially I, had slow clap <laughs> yeah, I had to stretch for the yeah. I had for that one. Slow clap for <laughs> so, the uh, anyways, for the attempt. <laughs> back to something good.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: I got movies
0: from what? Movies
1: from uh, nineteen seventy six. Let's hear it. This movie compared to these is pretty horrible. Rocky.
5: Oh yeah.
0: King Kong. Yeah.
1: Carrie and The Omen. Oh Carrie The Omen, yeah, the Omen came out the same year. That's what I. Wow. Or
3: the original Omen. Like that
1: says. Yeah. So compared to all those movies, this is kind of a snoozer. I kind of like. Well,
0: it. you know, it still had the allure that it was a Hammer, Christopher Lee. You know, I don't know.
3: And our our theme, the priest against the devil.
0: Yeah, that's
2: right. True.
3: That's kind of the main point. It's it has our
0: theme. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's do the uh, the Exorcist now. First of all, we want to just make sure everyone knows that that we're going to try to come through for you guys on this. We we realize that we're not worthy. To talk about this, and because it's one of the scariest, greatest movies of all time, we're going to give it a shot. All okay. Right.
2: Well, I'll go into The Exorcist. So, this is a movie that starts out with an archaeological dig in Iraq, and it's actually The Exorcist is the, the guy that's digging. Yep. And he comes across a, an evil talisman that you can tell haunts him, and so, you know, the first few... Scenes are, are of him in different places with different noises in the background, really grating on your nerves. um, that you can tell it's just irritating him. He's shaking, and he has to take medication. From there, it moves back into the city. I think it was DC, where this, this mother who's an actor, Ellen Burstyn, she's an actor in a movie, has a daughter named Reagan. And what's her last name? Reagan uh, Mac- McNeil. McNeil, thank you. And so, there's some creepy things going on. They hear noises, and then, uh, there, there's actually two other storylines that happen at this time, which is, uh, of Father, what's Kears, his name? Father Karras. Father Karras, thank you. And so his life with his mother and different things, he's, his struggles of faith, but then also Ellen Burstyn and Reagan, I'm sorry, Reagan and Chris McNeil, who are also going through their storyline of what's going on with her starting to be possessed and looking for reasons, you know, what's, what's explaining her behavior. So the rest of the movie is kind of this convergence of faith where they move from scientific theories of what's going on with Reagan McNeil into the spiritual with a climax at the end that uh, that kind of reconciles that whole thing. So in the meantime, you know, plenty of controversy around this movie, you know, really, really scary stuff. And we'll kind of get into that a little bit.
0: You mentioned that there's the three main kind of story arcs here. Let's talk a little bit about the first father, Marin, who is the actual exorcist. Uh, He, in the beginning, he went to Iraq. He found the statue of Pazuzu, which uh, uh, apparently is some kind of a demon. Now let's talk about that scene. As well, first of all, right here, we'll, I'll go ahead and play with it on the on the version of the movie that we saw. It was actually introduced by
3: remastered, yeah, re-edited, in high def, or whatever.
0: By yeah, by William Friedkin, who was the the director of the movie. And uh, let's we'll play that. Here's the intro.
6: Hello, I'm William Friedkin, director of The Exorcist. The Exorcist is a film about the mystery of faith. And I think the fact that it's endured for more than 25 years now is due in large part to what it leaves you with after you've seen the film. It starts with a brilliant screenplay from an equally powerful novel by William Peter Blatty. And it's a story that can perhaps make you question your own value system even your own sanity, because it strongly and realistically tries to make the case for spiritual forces in the universe, both good and evil. But what you may not be aware of is the fact that The Exorcist is based on a true story. It took place in Silver Spring, Maryland in 1949 and was widely reported by the American press. When I saw the files at Georgetown University pertaining to the actual case, I knew that this was going to be, or needed to be, something more than just another horror film. This had to be a realistic film about inexplicable events. I've always thought that a film should first of all be an emotional experience. It should make you laugh or cry or be scared. But it should also inspire and provoke you and make you reflect over the years I think that most people take out of the exorcist what they bring to it if you believe that the world is a dark and evil place then the exorcist will reinforce that but if you believe that there is a force for good that combats and eventually triumphs over evil then you'll be taking out of the film what we tried to put into it in any case Turn down the lights, turn up the sound, and enjoy the digitally remastered version of The Exorcist.
0: Okay, so that gives you a little bit of background on the kind of where it came from. He mentioned that uh, William Peter Blatty actually put out the novel, the novelization. It was based on a, on a true story. Did I you know mean, that he won the money for
2: the movie on a game show?
0: Yeah, I did, only because I read it yesterday. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> well, let's go I over mean, some, for some the stats. I mean, for the book. I said for the I said
2: movie. I meant the book.
0: Let's go over some stats and then let's talk about some of the themes and in, in the scenes. Uh it was released in on December twenty sixth, nineteen seventy three, very fitting, the day after Christmas. Uh, the budget was twelve million, but it, it is it is grossed over four hundred and forty one million. IMDB gets it a eight point oh, so that is really high for movies on IMDb.
3: Um Well in awards, it won two Academy Awards or something it or two. Won
0: The Academy Award for Sound, and it won the uh, Writing and Adapted Screenplay. But it was also nominated for Best Picture, Best Actress for Ellen Burstyn, Best Supporting Actor for Jason Miller, who played Father Karras, uh, Best Supporting Actor for Linda Blair, who played Reagan, Best Director, William Friedkin, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, and Best Art Direction. So, I mean, it was a pretty highly regarded movie. In its time, it actually there. There's one other thing I'd like to mention—a little bit of trivia. Uh, the Christian evangelist Billy Graham claimed that an actual demon was living in the celluloid reels of this movie. I mean, I wasn't around in 1973 to experience this firsthand, but it seems like there was just a lot of hype and a lot of controversy uh, surrounding this movie. And just think, it made 441 million in 1973. You know, I wonder what that equates to now. I mean, that's it's got to be really far. I mean, that, that's that's huge.
2: Well, and uh, you know, there's a lot of myths and different things people say, but two people actually died before the before the movie was released. Yeah. Two of the actors.
0: What was it? Uh, the elderly. The
2: the director one... guy, I think, was one of them. Who? The guy that played the director. Oh yeah, I think he was the one that died, and then I'm not sure who the other one. Was I think
0: off. the other one was Father Karras' mother, who was elderly. Oh. In the movie, and also that linda blair had a series of death threats against her from religious zealots um who who believed that this movie glorified satan and i i liked what they saw the movie
3: yeah you know i liked what that producer said in his his commentary of the the clip we played where he's like you know if you if you look at the power you can see it two ways you can see that devil has power over people and, and can dominate them, or that uh, religion and other things can succeed in, in surpassing that power, or whatever, too. So, yeah, you, you can look at it many ways, and, and, that's,
0: and that's the bottom line. I don't, I mean, this let's be honest, this movie was shocking. Some of the visuals, some of the dialogue, uh, especially since it was delivered by such a young woman. With, in Reagan she, she I think she played a 12 year old in this mm-hmm. movie I mean it was shocking it was yeah. it was violent it was cruel it was blasphemous everything that makes a great movie
2: <laughs> yeah they didn't hold back and I that's, that's one thing I really liked about this movie was that it was shocking I mean it was over the edge as far as the language and the dialogue you're watching it, you just you don't know what's coming next as far as uh, what's going to come out of that demon's mouth
0: one thing ab- about the some of the violence and the, some of the You know some scenes where, where it really shocked me, is the fact that it it didn't seem like it was blatant. It seemed like it fit in well, you know, to the storyline. It 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 seemed like it actually served a purpose, and there was no blatant, boom. We're going to shock you for the sake of shocking you. They shocked us to make the situation seem more dire. They shocked us to, I guess, to give us a vision into what the director was trying he was I mean he was trying to make this scene where, yeah, these people are are panicked they 're freaking out, but here 's why you know type of a situation
2: well, and I think the way they set it up too was really good i you know I noticed that when before Reagan becomes possessed um, or when she 's on her way to being possessed there 's some really interesting conversation going on between her and her mother that 's extremely conversational, not typical movie dialogue well, and it, yeah
0: it 's just every day
2: this is something that I would uh, talk that i would have with my daughter and, and and they're responding to each other in a way that that's real life It was believable and yeah. i think that's why later on when the dialogue's going on you're already sucked in like you're kind of in the room with them
0: it's actually almost comforting to hear them talk because you like you said you don't hear people talk just just in the you know in the day to day chit chat in movies that often right and and reagan seems like a seems like a regular kid the the mom although she has a uh, you know, kind of a sensational job as an act, as a movie actress comes home, and, and she does the same things that I do when I come home. Uh, she sits around and makes horror podcasts. No, I'm just eating. <laughs> but she, uh, no, she'll come home, check on the family, talk to her daughter about about her day. You know, and it just seems so real to me.
2: And you know, along with that, one of the things I noticed at the beginning of the movie is some abruptness in the scenes and the way they cut off. Um, I'm thinking in one, one particular, I noticed it kind of happened in a row, especially like in the Iraq scene when, when they're showing the different areas of Father Marin there, mm-hmm. where he'll be doing something and all of a sudden it'll just cut off. Yeah. There's a scene where, where Father Karras is in the subway and this guy says, Hey, I was an altar boy. Can you give me some money? I'm a Catholic. He's, he was a Catholic. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> well,. Then it just—you don't know what happens. It just shuts it off right there. You don't know if he gave him money. You don't know if he got on the train. Yeah. It just—it's kind of abrupt, and so it kind of leaves you. I don't know. kind of irritating. I, I started kind of getting on edge. It also sets the tone with with some of the high pitched violin noises, the clock noises. Yeah. It just really sets a good tone for the rest of the movie. By the way, they set that up.
0: I wonder why they would have done that. I mean, just just to set you on
2: edge, or, I guess, I think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you if you see the natural progression of something it needs to there needs to be a question asked and then the question answered and then the resolution. So you're not at the beginning I was seeing that you know they're cutting off before you actually get the resolution. So there's a question asked and then it's shut off and that, that leaves you with kind of an unnerving just and it's not it's not over the top but uh, you know you can that, tell you That that brings
0: me to one to one issue that I had with this movie. If there was tell me if I if I don't know what I'm talking about. But the whole beginning part where Father Marin is in Iraq he goes and he finds this, this uh, miniature head of Pazuzu and then he actually goes and f- compares it to a statue that they've unearthed of Pazuzu, who, uh, you know who is the demon. And then after that, I mean, we see him kind of going around talking to some people in Iraq, but I didn't really see how that fit in with the rest of the movie, except for one, once during the exorcism scene, silhouette of that statue appears. I think I missed something because I don't understand why they why they put that in there at all.
2: I don't know either. That was one question I had. I, I was waiting for like Father Marin to, to have sent the package on accident and Reagan had the little mm-hmm. head. Or I don't know why Pazuzu ended up Possessing that girl
0: Well and yeah We know it's Pazuzu Because we I, I don't know I know because I've read it And I've you know read Well it's obvious like They that. wouldn't
2: have Set it up that There's a demon That right. he releases
0: But it then... could have Been anybody well, that, yeah. But I mean that I The mean, yeah.
3: silhouette Was really the only Connection
0: Well and there was Really no backstory On Pazuzu at between all the thing. Because Reagan Actually says that She's the actual devil And is Pazuzu The actual devil Somebody needs to Help us out Because yeah. that was Confusing to me I know it gets more into it in uh, Exorcist Two, but too bad we're not talking about that today. And well, it, al- it also actually talks about it uh, in the prequels to it. But I mean, let's say it's 1973 and I go to the movies. Or me, I
2: haven't seen those. Oh yeah, and it's so.
0: and you're wondering, you know, what that is. That was the only thing that, that bothered me about this movie. And like I said, it could just be the versioning. It could be, you know, something like that, something trivial. But anyway, you know, and then we go to Georgetown, which is where this all takes place. And I've never really been in that area. Is Georgetown its own city? I know it has its yeah. own basketball team that dominates some years.
3: Yeah, I used to live in, in Virginia. And so Georgetown is just barely north of D.C. Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't even know you were outside of D.C. really. Really. But, yeah, just barely north of D.C. They, they have a college and a bunch of other stuff. So, But
0: do. it's just like it's just a city.
3: I've actually been to the exorcist stairs and walked up and down them. Did you fall? No. I wasn't (laughs) thrown.
0: Did you want to fall? (laughs) Had you seen the exorcist before you'd been to the stairs? No, I hadn't. I mean, Paul gets a kick in the balls because he's seen it and I have it and I like the exorcist and he's (laughs) only seen it once.
3: I I wish I had because I would have paid more attention to the house right at the top of the stairs than the stairs themselves because they were actually kind of boring. Actually,
0: <laughs> I, mean, I actually, I actually like heard no that they had to stairs. like build the house out, you know, to so that the window was right above the stairs. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I don't think So it that fits may not thing. be real. Then, yeah. yeah. Anyhow, let's go a little bit uh, more into the story. What happens is all these weird things start happening to Reagan. She start, her her personality
2: starts changing.
3: At first, she's totally normal, yeah, totally nice completely. girl.
2: But then she finds a Ouija
3: board. Yeah, she shows her <laughs> mom the Ouija board, and then Captain. Captain Captain Howdy.
0: Howdy. She makes this connection with Captain Howdy, and apparently Captain Howdy is Pazuzu. She communicates with him through the Ouija board. Oh, we don't see it or anything like that, but apparently that's what's been
3: going on. She says something mean about her mom to her in her mind. Well, she goes, do
2: you think my mom's pretty? And it doesn't answer. It doesn't answer, and so she says that's mean.
3: Uh,
0: Basically, Reagan starts going through a battery of tests, medical, psychological You know, all sorts of tests and they cannot find anything wrong with her that on any of the tests
3: starts the doctors and stuff. Start saying she's uh, possessed or she's what schizophrenic. Well, and yeah, in bipolar. And
0: and that's another thing. The doctors are like, well, you know, maybe it's tremors. Maybe she's having seizures and she thinks the bed's moving. Chris McNeil's like, are you kidding me? I have seen it. This is the bed shaking and, and It's not my daughter. So finally, at a meeting, and there's got to be 15 doctors in this meeting, one of the doctors suggests an exorcism. And uh, not necessarily because they believe that she's possessed, but because they believe that this is a psychosomatic case where Reagan only believes that she's possessed, and then that maybe if she gets an exorcism, she'll believe that it goes away. But, as we find out in the scenes after that, it is not... Psychosomatic.
3: <laughs> one of the, just before that, in, during her doctor's tests and stuff, one of the grossest scenes I've ever seen, I think, <laughs> is they, they stick a needle in her neck, and then they keep having to do tests, and they're not as sophisticated as they are now in the hospital. Right. And blood is squirting out oh, of yeah. pulse from her neck yeah. all the way down to her feet. They yeah. show her feet in a different scene, and there's blood all the way down her apron and stuff just yeah. squirting from her neck. Jeff, you've been quiet.
0: I've been looking
1: up cool exercise facts that you may or may not have heard before.
3: Jeff is actually our
0: uh, our fact sta- our statistician. He, Trivia he, guru. He he doesn't actually participate in the conversation. He just is there to verify our facts and just because we made two mistakes or I made two mistakes last time, <laughs> so he's here to uh keep us on track.
3: Yeah.
1: My data is all perfectly bulletproof. you want to hear a couple. <laughs> sure, let's
3: hear it.
0: All
1: right. There was Three things that I found. All right. The first one I found was upon its initial theatrical release, the film affected many audiences so strongly that at many theaters, paramedics were called to treat people who fainted and others who went into hysterics. Yeah. Wow. You know, <laughs> and, and we
0: just, we just did a little pause there, but Jeff did mention that with adjusted adjusted for inflation, the gross revenue is, is number one for Warner brothers. For Warner, Warner brothers. brothers.
1: Another one I found is not so much like the others, in the vomiting sequences, a woman by the name of Eileen Dites or something like that, she doubled for Linda Blair, and she went uncredited in the movie. So she later sued
2: and, uh, and failed for puking credit. Wow! Really? That yeah. is the
3: first vomit double I've well, ever heard of.
2: Along, awesome. along those lines, too, uh, <laughs> Linda Blair actually was nominated for an, a supporting actress role. But because for an Academy a, Award, d- yeah, for an Academy Award. Because it was a different voice of another person, yeah, another performer, she, another performer sued again for that and made a big deal about it. And so she actually was not; she, there was no way she was going to win. She got nominated, but she she was not going to win because she the was Academy a didn't
0: realize it wasn't uh, Linda Blair doing the voice the whole time, which oh. is funny because yeah, the Exorcism scene is one of the most shocking and graphic scenes of any movie that I've seen, even to this point. I mean, you had some building up. I mean, you had her, uh, how do I put this, De- defiling herself yeah. with a crucifix? She, gratifying herself? Oh, gross. She was saying all sorts. I, I don't know how that could be grat- gratifying me because it looked painful. But then also, you know, the, the words that were coming out of her mouth, you know, the, the phrases, all sorts of stuff in there was shocking. Shocking. But after the section of doctor's. Suggests exorcism. She actually goes and finds Father Karis and to try to talk him into doing an exorcism. But he actually goes to the, the, the diocese and, and requests permission to give to perform the exorcism. The diocese, I think it was the Archbishop, actually suggested that they use Father Marin, to, who had has experience with exorcism, and did one in Africa, where the two prequels took place in, in that time. But anyhow, so they get Father Marin in, and he and Father Karras go to the home of the McNeils to perform The, the Exorcist. And this is one of the creepiest scenes of all time, of any movie, if you ask me. Just so you know, we're, we're going to spoil it. Everybody has seen it. And if you haven't already seen it, then pause right now. Go watch it because I can't believe that you would listen to this. You waste your time listening to this. <laughs> and and you, have, you could be using it watching The Exorcist. You know, they go to the home. And this is where the crap hits the fan. By this time, Reagan's in bad shape. She's cut herself all over her body. She has welts and cuts and sores everywhere. And this is just all because this is what the demon has done.
3: In contrast to the other two movies, the uh, makeup and uh, special effects dominate.
0: Well, yeah, and... It was a little bit different in that they were just making up a person and they weren't, like, right. creating a whole...
3: Creating Muppets. Uh, yeah,
0: but. <laughs> well, using <laughs> Muppets to represent scary creatures. The, the makeup in this was horrifying, you know, especially when you look at... Her um, cracked lips and yeah. eyes and... When you, if you, you know, you look at a picture of her from the beginning of the movie to that point in the movie and there is such a contrast... So, I mean, as we all know, the exorcism works. Father Marin actually dies of a heart attack during it. The way they actually end up getting the demon to leave Reagan is Father Karras kind of taunts the demon, uh, challenges the demon to come into him. The demon moves bodies from Reagan to Father Karras. Father Karras jumps out the window and kills himself. And supposedly the demon with them but we find out that that's not really true In exorcist 3 hopefully you guys have seen that too so what are you guys' thoughts
2: i thought that was i thought it was an excellent movie i mean like i said i kind of you know since we watched three movies this week i really wish i would have waited to last with that because it just set the tone for what a good horror movie is and i think that's well the problem by... is, is this
0: is one of the best of that's all right. time we could have watched anything after it and i think it would have paled in comparison yeah. yep this movie to me was brutal. It, it's hard to watch for me. It's you have this loving little girl, and by the end she's just torn
2: up. Oh, she's just. Well, it's like what my mother-in-law always says. The reason why that stuff's scary is because the devil's real. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's what she thinks. So, and, and she so, is the devil. And so, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that's why this is scary. Is because this is based loosely on a true story, I guess, as well. Yeah. But it was a boy. I was reading about it, and they said. The guy that uh, reported The Exorcist or wrote the book, I can't remember which one it was, said that the only things that were not true about the movie right. compared to, to what happened was that it was a boy and that it didn't happen in Georgetown. Yeah. Those are the only two things that, that were not accurate. And that, that brings up a good point. I mean, let's say, is this movie scary
0: to someone who doesn't believe in demons or the devil or anything like that? Do you think, I mean, I, I wonder...
3: I I think it definitely makes them question their belief, the system, or or, or what is possible and what really could happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's something I don't know. A lot of people don't know about. And back east in Virginia, I worked at at Freddie Mac for a while. And across the street from Freddie Mac is a, a solid forest, and people could tell you story after story about bizarre things that happen in that forest. Really? And you know it's right across the street. Bizarre
0: it's, meaning spiritual? Spiritual
3: or? ghost type of really? occurrences and stuff. That area is just riddled with things like that. It's also the Bible Belt and may you know maybe a lot of religious well, stories are made up because of that to to well, induce in the, faith or whatever. You
0: could argue it both ways. I mean in and this is the the talk about rivals. I mean we we talk about you know religion versus science or some other kind of, of uh logical explanation you know i mean yeah sure this could happen but maybe it was it was just the fact that you know that this was a psychosomatic issue maybe maybe it was became some kind of a mass hysteria you know maybe this was just the perception of three people the two of the two exorcists and this one young girl yeah, yeah. I, do. I
2: think it comes from your perspective. I—I I mean, I've seen a ghost. Were yeah, you there? I was there. I thought—I thought so. I mean, I and I—it's funny because we start talking about this stuff, and that doesn't come to the top of my mind as something that I remember that I've seen. But I can tell you. That I have seen a ghost, and there were nine other witnesses there when we saw it. Not to, yeah, there were, not to mention, a uh, whole other car load. Of, well, that's what I mean. I think uh, they were included. I mean, uh, we had five of us in the Jeep, uh-huh. and at least four that I saw in that Suburban that, that all break
3: saw Break it, it down for the listeners, the whole.
0: Yeah,
2: go, you, all right, well, you, well sure, what happened was, right. you know, we, well, we'll start at the beginning. I had this girl that wanted to take me out, and she said, hey, let's go to the cemetery. And I'm thinking, yeah, she just wants to go make out. But Woo! okay, let's go yeah. ahead. So we go to the cemetery, and I'm not going to name which one because I don't want everybody to go there. But uh, that's going to
3: be on another show, hopefully. We, yeah,
2: we uh, we go and there's all these people there waiting for the same thing. Supposedly, if you flash your lights three times at yeah. the top of this row, this ghost of this lady comes out and walks up the street. And I'm thinking, yeah, right. So we sit there for a while, and you know, it kind of gets let boring. Me, let
0: know? me interject something here too. Is in, I, I, if I remember right, we were on a double date. No. Uh, no. Oh, wait. Were no, we, you there the first Yeah, time? I was there the first day and the second oh, day. Oh, you were? Okay. It was okay. it was the two we we worked at a Mexican restaurant as dishwashers. That's correct. We, <laughs> we did, we were the Who were you with? I was with one of the I was with Angie. Oh, you were? Yeah, so and I was just Amy. Sorry, okay. sorry to uh Your talk wife? about our personal lives. No, not my wife. Our personal lives that you guys don't understand. Maybe I'll edit that out. But anyway, so so we went up there and Sam and I if you knew us back then, we were we were on the douchebag side, and you know what? That's okay because we've completely outgrown it. Just ask everybody. It comes That's full right. Circle. Yeah. So anyway, so we go up there, and we I mean I think our attitude was just like we're gonna go up, we're gonna roll these chicks. Yeah. And, you know, we, we were we were just being
2: dumbasses. Not even thinking that there was gonna be anything. Right. Which we waited around for a while, and there was. But wasn't. I
0: remember your date was adamant. That there yeah. was something there. She, she,
2: yeah, she believed wholeheartedly. And, and, I'm like, and we just made it? fun She's of her. Like, no, we just
0: made fun of her. In fact, uh, it was good conversation for me and my date because we just brought us closer, Yeah, so, so, so close. we could both make <laughs> so fun close.
2: of uh, your date. Anyway, but that was a Friday night, right? So we're hang- so we go home. You know, after a couple hours of sitting there, nothing happens. Yep. You know, just stupid. So the next day, we're hanging. Well, with Well, maybe boys. nothing happened for you. Oh, okay, something happened for you? Nice, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, so the next day, we're hanging out with the boys. There's about, uh, there's five, I think there was five of us at that time, um, <clears throat> deciding what we wanted to do, and so we're just bored. And I'm like, well, this girl took us up to see a ghost last night. We didn't see it. We could always go check that out. And we'd heard another legend about going around a statue three times, and the head follows you around after that, which wasn't true. I don't know, maybe it is. I, we didn't see it's it. It's an optical yeah. illusion. But have seen it. Anyway, so, so we decide, okay, we're going to go. So we get in this open Jeep. Because we don't believe it's going to happen, but nope. we're just like, all right, let's go do something. So we go to the cemetery and we, we roll up and, and we're sitting there and we're talking for a while. And we don't, unlike the night before where there were people running around kind of at different spots, it was kind of it was weird. It was like a big picnic. There were probably 30 people there sitting at different places waiting for it. But but there wasn't that uh, that night. And so it's we're Saturday. sitting there, it's a Saturday night. So we're sitting there talking. And, uh, and all of a sudden a, a suburban, a white suburban, comes pulling up behind us. So now you've got us in the Jeep, five of us in front in the Jeep and you have got a suburban behind us and we're talking for probably eh, 45 minutes or so and for whatever reason all of a sudden the conversation goes quiet. We're just sitting there and no one's saying a word. We'd flash the lights and all that kind of stuff, you know, we're talking well, about Well, and actually
0: we walked down to the there there's a whole mythology behind it and you were supposed to read the headstone. Oh, that's right. We walked down, we read the headstone, walked back and I hope I hope it wasn't 45 minutes cuz if we were it was that long. And we just sat there with our thumbs up our asses for forty five minutes. I'll be. <laughs> I, I know it
2: was a while because then the conversation went because we were there without the the suburban and then they pulled up. Right. But anyway, so we're sitting there and then it goes quiet and all of a sudden I, I remember I'm looking down there and there's this green mist yeah. walking up and I, like a I was ball. just thinking I was thinking my contacts were cloudy or something. But it kept coming closer, and all of a sudden, the guy next to me—I was on the—I was on the the left side of the jeep in the back. I and I was—I was, sit, I was
0: sitting next to you in the back. Okay, so you and were we the had middle. a
2: blanket on us. Sam and I was were cuddling, <laughs> sharing blanket. a blanket. <laughs> all <laughs> of a sudden, cold. all of a sudden, I heard someone breathing. They go, <gasps> <gasps> and at then I was like, "Am I the only one seeing that?" I <laughs> I remember that too because I, because I I remember just looking down at it
0: thinking. Oh, that's bullshit!
2: Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah that's, uh, that's not what we think it is. And it got closer, and, then, and we're just sitting there watching it. And this, I'm I'm telling you, it, you know, it seemed like forever, but it was probably what five, ten seconds or yeah, something he's walking closer. And I'm just sitting there, and it's coming up to my side of the jeep, and Grant, and, and you know, and and just to tell you, all I saw was a green mist. I, I s- did I not only saw see, a green mist. too. I did not see a form. But it was definitely a neon but, green but cloud. The, the thing is about it, it, it was—it wasn't just like a.
0: It seemed to me to be like, uh, I mean, it didn't like disappear and come back. I mean, right. it,
2: it stuck. It was almost like rolling yes. towards us. Yes, but it was, it was its own presence. Right. It wasn't like a big steam that had come out, and, and you're just seeing the talent of it. It was its own presence walking up towards us. And so it gets up probably about 10 feet away from the Jeep. I would say, well, maybe not that close. Yeah. Maybe Maybe 15 feet away from the Jeep. And all of a sudden, behind the suburban, cop lights went on. Yeah. I turn around to look at the cops and turn back around, and the thing's gone. Yeah. So, so we didn't see it. So we're thinking, uh, you know, well, nobody talked about it because, uh, you know, now we're in trouble with cops. He comes up and asks for licenses and, what are you doing here? Right. We knew we weren't supposed to be there. So we're, now we're worried about being in trouble. So we give him our licenses. He takes on our name and, you know, all that stuff. So in case we've caused trouble, he can get back with us. So he kicks us out. So we head out to the stoplight probably a couple of blocks away, and the, the light turns red. And I remember it was just kind of quiet. We're like, yeah, you know, we weren't did Yeah, really we not really talking much. Yeah, we're like, did, you know, kind of like, did, did we really see what we think we saw? Because, I, I mean, I knew I had seen something, and so and then everybody else was like, yeah, I think I really saw it. Well, up comes this Suburban that was behind us, and there were people just screaming out of the door saying, did you see that? Oh, my gosh, did you see it? <laughs> so there was, you know, it wasn't like just one person seeing something. There was probably nine or ten people, five in the Jeep, and then however many were in the Suburban all saw this. And
0: thing. and the funny thing is, just like you were saying, it was coming up, and I was tr- I was talking to myself, what? I'm not going to say anything. This is stupid. Yeah. I, I'm going crazy. And all of a sudden, one of the guys just made a sire like, "What?" (laughs) And then it just became real, and it
2: got real scary. It was freaky, but you know that goes to show that you know, from my point of view, there are things that are unexplained. I have seen something in my life that's that's supernatural, I guess. But at the same time, when I think back on it now, I'm not all scared of it. No, I mean I don't worry about. I have you know I have another story I could tell about. uh, one of my good friends, and this has actually freaked me, so this may be something good actually real quick.
0: You know what, listeners, is that going to be okay? This well, be I don't fast. hear anybody yeah. saying no.
2: No, this will be fast. My my friend, uh, he's married and he has, a, he has three kids, and they, they live in this house. They built their home, and there was some weird stuff going on. They would be downstairs watching TV all the way downstairs, and they would hear pounding, like running footsteps, and then somebody, like, slamming a faucet off, and then that's all they heard. So they used to think it was their kids – so they, they thought it was their kids, and so they'd go up and check on them, but you know, they thought they were kind of playing a joke on them. So this was going on for a few weeks. It would happen every couple of weeks or whatever. They'd be watching TV, and it would be just the running noise and then the slamming of the thing. So they thought, that is really weird. So one time, it had happened a couple nights in a row, and so Randon, this is my buddy, Ron, I'll just go ahead and say it. He ended up, uh, he's like, I'm going to catch Hunter doing it. That's his boy. So he hears it. Randon runs upstairs as this, he hears the thing slam, runs into his boys' room, and everybody's sleeping so there 's a they had some weird stuff you know things that were moving around, so anyway, so stuffs starting to happen quicker, so anyways Randon is I think it was a week later was feeding his his daughter and they feed her on the counter in this in this high chair. And so he went to. He had his plate on the table, and then he was going over to feed his daughter. He reached in the cupboard to get some, get a drink, and he saw moving out of the corner of his eye. He actually looked over, and on his plate, his fork did a full circle on the plate. Whoa! While he's sitting there watching, oh God. he's like, "What the heck is going on?" I don't think I really just saw that. So he goes on a business. He didn't tell his wife about it. Goes on a business trip, and and so this is what a week later, even after that, goes on a business trip, and he gets his call from his wife, and she hysterically crying bawling really because they would be in the room sometimes and the lights would just all of a sudden come on and they didn't know what was going Jeez. on so you know you think you'd take a hint i right. don't you know but anyway <laughs> she calls and she says i'm at my mom's house I, I i i sent the kids to bed i went downstairs and made sure the doors were locked the lights were off there was nothing weird and so i went upstairs i put the kids to bed it took me it took me two minutes to put the kids to bed i went back downstairs because i had forgot to get my book and when i turned the lights on all the cupboards were open really and so she's like I knew something was wrong then. so she she said she packed <laughs> them packed him up off. and took off so Help. came in and they did a they had a priest come bless their house while he really? was gone and they haven't had problems since but that kind of stuff is just weird.
0: So I think Creepy. that I think that that just with especially with the exorcist that since you, you've had those experiences it just makes it a little scarier. I mean, maybe some of you guys, if you're listening and you just don't believe or you know in, in the supernatural stuff like that, tell us if it scared you, because I I think that I mean I'm I'm with Sam I can't there's a lot of things that I believe in that I can't explain I don't want to explain it makes these movies you know that much better for me I think anyways
1: I have an idea related to this let's hear it I know everyone has had some sort of supernatural experience we have a voicemail call us up if yep. it's good scary we might play it will the number mike
0: it's
2: 206-339-2730 and so 206-339-2730 yeah let us know or we we also have the forums let's get to the uh six degrees here we've got ellen burst Burston, who was in uh wicker man with Nicolas cage
0: 2006 version
2: yes who was in face off with john travolta who was in Pulp fiction with vinger ames who was in mission impossible with tom cruise who was in uh, interview with the Vampire with Kirsten Dunst, who was with Bruce Campbell and Spider-Man. That was six, by the way. Sweet So we got six. it barely, and we'll get. We'll try and get more creative on that. I've got a couple of who else said that. Um, the first one is there's Father Maron's talking to Father Karras about the demon. He says, especially important is the warning to avoid conversations with the demon. We may ask what is relevant, but anything beyond that is dangerous. The demon is a liar. And when I Googled that whole giant thing, <laughs> it was actually uh, Barack Obama's... Uh, campaign team talking about Hillary Clinton of course <laughs> <laughs> so that was good the other one that I had is uh, it was a scene when Pazuzu was talking to Father Karras when he first was trying to figure out if this was a possession or not and it says and I'm the devil now kindly undo these straps and when I put that in there that was every set of boobs ever <laughs> in the world <laughs> I am the devil <laughs> nice so there you go awesome.
1: thanks Sam I got some movies for us uh, we got American Graffiti Enter the Dragon, one of my favorites. Enter the Dragon dominates Live and Let Die, classic.
0: A little the Wicker
1: Man, I think it was the original.
0: The wi- oh, it had to be the original. By the way, that movie, uh, I was actually going to mention that uh, Christopher Lee, who was in uh, To the Devil a Daughter, you know, we talked about how he put in such a great showing for that movie. If you want to see a great Christopher Lee movie, it's Wicker Man. That is the trippiest movie that I have ever seen in my life.
2: Is it in the library?
0: It is in the library. Check it out tonight. Cadiver
3: Lab Library.
1: Anyway, there was two others I saw. I don't really know much about them. Two. Dracula and Frankenstein. <laughs> that's all it said. Dracula
0: and Frankenstein? I wonder if those were Hammer.
1: Well, I was just looking for horror Could movies Could AD...
0: That. W- w- this came out in 1973? Yes. Well, Dracula 1972 is that the poster that I've got up on my wall, and that maybe that's what they mean? I don't know.
1: I had no idea what I was talking about, but somebody might know out
0: there. But I'll tell you what, Hammer Films put out lots of Frankensteins and lots of Dracula movies, so, and they're awesome. We'll have to, we'll have to delve more into those, more of the classics and upcoming shows. Does anybody else have anything to say about The Exorcist? We could, Wanna, I think we could talk about that forever.
2: Yeah, we really that could. Movie. I think
3: we could, and the history could go on, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the research and the history.
0: We could stuff. have dedicated a show only to this movie. And, you know, we could have done, like, a five-parter, talked about this, The Exorcist 2, The Exorcist 3, and then the two prequels. Well, uh, then you've
2: got, like, the, exor- the Exorcism of Emily Rose. That's, that's how we am gonna Well, yeah, I mean, if movies. we're doing it, if boring. we're doing just a plain, You didn't like that show? I thought it was really wow. boring. Uh, I like that show.
0: But, I mean, if we're talking just The Exorcist franchise, mm-hmm. I mean, there's five. And then, uh, yeah, if, if we want to do a theme of just exorcism, there are, there are hundreds. Like, I don't know if there are hundreds. But I can could, I could tell you right now that that there are probably 20 good ones, you know, that I would recommend. And, of course, there's probably 50,000 pieces of crap.
1: I have a comment. If you guys happen to have never seen Exorcist, I recommend Googling Exorcist in 30 seconds.
0: Oh, it's is played it? played
1: by bunnies. It gives you everything you need to know about the movie. What? Where's <laughs> nice. the URL? Just, I, there's, there's just everywhere. Everyone posts uh, it on, okay. the, on the website. Just Exorcist in 30 seconds.
0: I'll have to check that out, too. I haven't seen that. i check it out. It's pretty funny. Okay, so there was episode four. Right now, in episode three, we forgot to put in, when I say we, I mean me, we forgot to put in a death scene. I but if we
2: had people guessing on the other we, two? We've
0: had, <clears throat> we've had what, actually, two people got the, got the episode two death scene, which was Fright Night from 1985. And the first person to get it was actually James from the Dried Blood podcast. And the second one to get it was your dumbass brother. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm just teasing. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. he. How would jo- he know that? Well oh, I, I, I assume that you told him.
2: I didn't know what it was. <laughs> hey.
0: Yeah, he got it right, though. Then, well, that's good. I didn't, didn't realize it would have been him. He tried to play it off. like, <laughs> Well, <laughs> and the funny thing is he says, it's Friday Night from 1985. Now give me my prize, bitches. <laughs> he put that up on the forums. <laughs> it was funny.
3: Awesome. So uh, what about the trivia? Have we had any
0: We've had no successful, successful trivia.
3: That is untrue because I got one right. Paul got it, it right. It took three tries. Only <laughs> after
0: I, <laughs> no, so no,
3: you didn't help me out.
0: We're at work and and Paul, <laughs> they're all huddled around Paul's computer. They're trying to take the trying to figure out all three the tries.
3: I got one of Sam's trivia's right.
0: But but that's only because we told you which ones were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
6: you are not our sanctuary, but from your fears, do not join the others. They are deceivers. They're
3: damned. We gotta get inside. No
5: the wolves in the skin of sheep they
6: brought about their own hell
2: they'll take you with them (laughs) filth and lies stop it
6: please I've seen your daughter I've seen Alessa it's coming she's dead isn't she bird isn't cleanse it blackens listen to me Rose hurry she looks exactly like Sharon she brought us here didn't she Why?
2: What does she want? Evil makes inventions. vengeance. Be careful what you choose.
0: So, contact us. We just put in the death scene. You can tell us what that is. You can, uh, or just for any kind of feedback or any comments you have to make, go visit cadaverlab.com. Uh, we've got some fun stuff up there. We've got, uh, you know, some news and some reviews on the front page there. So go to cadaverlab.com. There's a contact button. Uh, you can go in and send an email directly from there. Or you can email us at feedback at uh, We mentioned the voicemail, 206 339 Three zero, that one's easy. Just go ahead and we'll play it on the show. If uh, no, we'll, actually we'll play and read feedback that we get. I mean, we just—it's it's good to know that uh, there's actually people listening. I mean, we see our stats and whatnot. But let us know what you think. Uh, we also have forums. If you go to cadaverlab.com and click on the forums link, can, you can uh, go there. have yeah, but just drop us a line. Let us know what if there's anything you'd like us to do. If there's anything that you think we could do better, or if you just have want to shoot the crap for a while. Let's do it. Preview. Sweet. No, what was that? preview for next week? Oh, preview for next week. That's right. Next week, if, if you want to watch the movies, and you know, I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying we're going to do uh, Dario Argento's Three Mothers trilogy, which is Suspiria, Inferno, and La Terza Madre. So, other than that, I think we're good.
3: Might want to on the site just put the spellings up so people can search for those because no, there's sure, no I'll, way I could spell those.
0: Okay, I'll, yeah, I'll put it up on uh, – we'll, I'll do a news thing on the front page and we'll put in awesome. uh, episode five preview.
2: Yeah, and don't expect that every week because sometimes we're, we can't decide on what the movies we're going to watch until, uh, until during the week. But. Yeah, but, but we'll, we'll get we'll better at, at it.
0: Um, and also you can, you can email, contact us with any show ideas you've got. So, uh, we don't really have a long list of them waiting. I don't think there's any reason we don't have one I mean I, I don't think we're ever going to run out of stuff To talk about for sure But if you guys have anything that uh, you're interested in And you have a take on it let us know And, and uh, we're good at talking For long periods of time And uh, as you obviously can tell <laughs> So alright Well we appreciate you guys listening Love the emails We really appreciate you guys subscribing And listening it makes it fun for us Anything other than that We'll talk to you
2: later See ya